Hello and welcome to another episode of Cast It Into The Fire podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Bill. And this is going to be our review and discussion of the first episode of House of the Dragon. The Errors of the Dragon. Now, I'm going to put a spoiler warning on this for the whole episode. And also for the book Fire and Blood. You might get some spoilers from the book. It's been out since... Um, late 2018, maybe you've read it and maybe you haven't. Um, and I'm also going to put a content warning on this episode for some disturbing content, including disturbing medical content. If you've actually seen the episode already, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, um, if not, well, you have been warned. Yeah, this is uh, going to get kind of uh, graphic, because we'll just say we were comparing notes on uh, a certain... Well, again, if you've seen it... If you've it, seen it, you've seen you've it. you've seen it. Um, so, yeah, it opens... Uh, where does it open, Sarah? Well, it actually opens um, showing the the date in relation to the events in Game of Thrones... Um, how it was over a hundred years ago before Daenerys. Yep. And so where they are, there's um, the Council of 101, which is determining who will be the next um, heir after um, King Jaehaerys the first. Yeah. And, well, it's between um, Various contest, ver- various um, contenders for the throne, um, a bunch of which weren't taken seriously, and they're not mentioned in the show. But I can tell you, some of them were like various illegitimate um, children of the king's estranged daughter, for instance, yeah. or and somebody who claimed to be his illegitimate son, and he's like, "No, I never had an illegitimate son." Um, taking him at his word for that. Um, he actually was very much in love with the queen, and I don't think he cheated on her, but that's beside the point. Um, the serious contestants were Rhaenys and Viserys, and Rhaenys was actually, um, closer on the succession, but she was a woman. And she was, you know, ruled over, you know, in favor of Viserys, because Westeros favored a male heir, according to their laws. Just so we're clear, this is before the events of the show, right? This is before the events of the show, but you see it. You see a little bit of it. Yes. And so, on to the story itself. Viserys is king. Um, He's married to Emma Arryn. And they have um, one daughter, Rhaenyra Targaryen. And she's had various... um, other pregnancies that did not make it, yes. And Yeah, this is a major foreshadowing right here. Um, they also have uh, the king's younger brother, um, Daemon Targaryen, and he is a piece of work, for one. Yeah, and um, yeah, he has ambitions of his own, of course, but he is actually mostly off at the Stepstones um fighting with pirates and yep. doing his own thing with his dragon. 
well, for yeah, now. He, he's he's yes, he's adventuring. And he's clearly he's supposed to be there. Head military commander. He has all. Is. is that what he's, he's supposed um, to be? Um, he he's um the, the command. He gets made the commander of the city watch, but that's a no, little but later wasn't on. Wasn't he also like the commander of armies too, or something? Like oh, that? he had his yeah. own fighters for okay. him on the stepstones. Gotcha. Well, they, which they is a uh, which is always a very contended over a lot of pirates. Also, kind of continually time. violent area and. Well, they actually. This is House of the Dragon. Let's talk about the dragons. Yeah, well, the the first dragon we see. You know, what was the name of that dragon, sir? Do you remember? Um, you see Cyrax. Who I, I want to pronounce Cyrax, but it is pronounced Cyrax throughout. Um, Rhaenyra's dragon. Um, Cyrax, kind, like the Mortal Kombat character. Kind of golden colored a little bit. He's golden colored, and he also. He has these like smooth spot, like not. She. So, she has these smooth, I guess, horns sort of coming out of her scales. But she looks like a sauropod. She looks kind of like almost like she looks very peaceful when she's not breathing fire or killing. And you know, you can tell that she can do that. But she, uh, she looks very peaceful, and uh, she, she's you know, flying. Uh, what was it? Uh, Viserior, or no, sorry, um... Um, it's um, Rhaenyra riding her. Rhaenyra rides her, and, and I really enjoy that. I should tell you, there's no external, um, sex differentiation on dragons. I'm calling her a she, because she later knows. in the book, she lays yeah, eggs. I was gonna repeatedly, say, so... Sarah knows exactly which dragon is which. So, yeah, you, oh, uh... hold on. We should let this be clear. I have not read the books. I've just, you know, barely finished Game of Thrones, and Sarah has read all of the books, including this one. So she knows what's coming, sort of, and I do not. Now, I already said I had some rustiness on reading Fire and Blood, which is why I'm on a reread to make sure this podcast is accurate. Um, I have covered the content that the show has already covered, so I'm, I'm good there. Um... Yeah, Bill is um, reading a Game of Thrones. He's you're pretty close to the end. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I'm 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 more or less finished. Uh, and so yeah, you see Rhaenyra riding on uh, Cyrax, and she lands, and um, she, um, she, she she's greeted by her friend um, Alicent Hightower. And she clearly knows what she's doing on this dragon. So um, yes, I, that, that's something that portrays her as a competent person. She's also smart. You can tell she's smart and well spoken. Spoken right from the beginning. So. Now I see they made the decision to have her and Allison know each other and be close friends and be the, about the same age. Yeah, close friends. That's right. That's um, what they are. Close yeah, friends, um, else. it's some see it as they were a bit more than friends. Um, which is a change from the books where there isn't really any sign they like knew each other before later events. It, I would say, increases the drama of what's going to happen later if they were so close before, you know, what happens. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's clearly a decision uh, that they're making. Who knows what they're going to do? I mean, I have I have things. the general idea of what they're going to do in the book, but as you will see, there's already some changes. They've also, um, yeah, there have been some changes already. That's sort of what I was getting at. Now, I didn't know this, but Sarah says there's quite a few changes 
and uh, it seems like they're going to take some creative liberties with this. And we're going to come to those changes right now. The changes um, that have been, they haven't been gigantic, but they're there. Um, while well, we're, one of them sounds pretty gigantic by what you said. But anyway, go ahead. While we're on the subject of dragons, we also see Caraxes, the dragon of um, Daemon. And Caraxes looks pretty awesome, too. He's red, and he's got a really long neck, and his um, hind legs have little wing floppy things on them, too, um, that he's using to help him glide. Really awesome looking. And, oh, you even see a really sweet moment. Um, pretty much the only sweet moment you see with Daemon. Daemon being who he is. Where, oh, the dragon's landed, and he's just, uh, kind of petting his head, and the dragon's sort of like nuzzling at his, yes, you know, as he's cute, like, very it's, moment. yes, and that's and likely the only moment moment involving Daemon that could be called cute. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he he boops the snoot, as we say, <laughs> um, but he's also sort of doing like he's saying. I recall him saying like menacing things while doing it. He's just doing it while doing so. Um... And he, yeah, he's a piece, Damon's a piece of work. Uh, he, as we say, he gets made, uh, I don't know if we want to get to that yet. But, Not uh, yet. All right. He gets, um, he, but yeah, we'll, we'll come to that. Anyway. Venera is not happy with the woman gender roles of the era. Um, she's saying she doesn't want to you know, just, you know, give birth to kids. She wants to, you know, be a knight. And I think this sets the stage for some of the, um, stuff that's going to happen later. And, you know, it also kind of recalls Arya. Yeah. And on some level, Cersei, too. Uh, and she is told that you know, a woman's battle is the birthing bed, and uh, that's going to get as literal as it can possibly get later on in Do uh, you have any more comments about the dragons or? Well, I just I want to see more of them. Yeah, that's I a. Mean, it's House of the see, Dragon. I want to see some dragons. We saw we saw dragons and they were impressive, and I did like that. We already saw like arguably more than most of Game of Thrones, but yeah, that's we want more, more dragons. And um, I don't think this is truly, truly much of a spoiler because it's all it's you know freely shown in the preview for the next episode. No, not a leak, a preview, you know, shown by HBO. Um, they show another, even bigger dragon. Looks kind of older. And people have been wondering if that's Vagar, the dragon formerly ridden by Visenya Targaryen. And the only living dragon from the original three that flew over with Aegon the Conqueror and his sisters. Um, Balerion is fairly recently dead. He lived about 200 years. And they, you see a skull. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's really big. It looks like it's, uh, 
It's like a 20 foot skull by the look of it or something like that. Now this does not come up in the show, but his last rider was King Viserys. Very briefly, it was almost like, yeah, I did it. I rode Balerion and there wasn't much... Now, he was already an older, slowed-down dragon, and he didn't have much time left. Yeah. And you may see that as symbolic on some level or not. Yeah, I mean, I think it might be. What's old for a dragon? That's old for a dragon. Yeah. Well, that's like... Well, it depends on uh, what world they're set in. I mean... I think by, say, Tolkien standards, that's pretty young. But, yes, Balerion is known as an exceptionally old dragon in um, A Song of Ice and Fire, and uh, I don't know if he was the oldest dragon there ever was, but he was definitely the oldest dragon in Westeros. Yep. Now, what did you think of Viserys himself? Now, without having read the book. Yeah, I know. I, I Exactly. This is a good opinion to ask me, because I have not read the book. He seems like he is actually trying to rule and, you know, govern, unlike 90% of the characters in Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, okay. Like, I'm sorry. A lot of them don't, are just doing, like, you know, stupid power cons- consolidation. To be fair... Ned Stark tried to be honorable, so to say. I mean, he Ned Stark behaved stately, and everyone else behaved like drunken, either with power or with other with Drake, and are often both. And uh, and of course, you know, the book I've learned that it's more nonsense than that, but that's how it comes off on the show. Um, he seems like he is trying to govern. However, he is also clearly somebody who thinks that you know he's rule is absolute law he is the you know the ruler um and he does though seem to try to work with uh other nobles to govern things um now his brother Damon seems like he would gladly be king and gladly be like a more violent version of like Cersei or something like that but I don't know anyway that's that's my impression that now that, again that's my impression in the beginning and throughout about halfway then uh we'll, we'll come to my opinion shifting as we go now in the book Viserys you know at least take toward the beginning he's known as a a generous and peaceful ruler the nobles and the commons both like him. Now, as things get further along, um, he's starting to have like more trouble actually governing the realm and even keep helping to keep peace in his own family. And he starts making some decisions that are well, crueler decisions than you would expect given what he was known for before. Yeah. I think um, 
He's already starting to be really um, stressed out and depressed. Yeah, he's, well, he's, like I said, my opinion somewhat changes, but it's also because, as you said, he's stressed out. He's clearly stressed governing, and as the show goes on, his stress just gets added to And, um, a thing from the show that was semi in the books, but not in this way... Um, you see him with a gross-out wound on his back that isn't healing that he got from sitting on the iron phone. Uh, yeah, don't mind the dogs here and, uh, sneezed a few times. And, you know, you also later see him take a cut on his hand from the phone, too. Now, when characters in these books get injuries from the throne it's sort of symbolically treated um, not as confirmed fact but as an in-universe theory that um, I think the fandom mostly agrees with that the throne itself is rejecting that ruler so that's um, that's something yeah I agree. Um, in the past, um, one of their worst kings, Megor the Cruel, actually died on the throne, and because he didn't have a witness to his death, it's not quite known whether he did it to himself, or whether he was murdered, or whether the throne somehow did it. It's all in sharpness, all that sharpness. And, you know, various other characters in the book, you know, are seen with... They're on the throne and they're getting cuts from the edges and it's seen as bad symbolically. Uh, In the book, Viserys is having increasingly bad health issues, like heart troubles and gout and other stuff. And it's... um, pretty much implied weight-related. Now, they didn't cast a big guy for Viserys on this, and I don't know whether they're actually gonna do these health troubles or whether they're gonna, you know, go with the infection from the um, phone. Now, as you pointed out, Bill, you... You don't have to be fat to have those problems. Yeah. He's an older guy. He could still be... He, he's an older guy. He is of, like, average, more or less weight. Uh, for a guy who's filled, uh, he's old. He, I could see him having things like gout and a heart attack. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's like, you know, that's... It's also genetics. Like, you can look pretty healthy and even be pretty young. And if your genetics are... Uh, if, you, if you get the raw deal on that, then it can happen. So, and enriched foods, yeah. uh, you know, it's like yeah. assorted things. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Um. Sherry. <laughs> now, at this point. Queen Rainey's sorry, not Queen Rainey's, Queen uh, Emma. I goofed it. Rainey's is the one who did not get to be queen. 
Queen Emma is pregnant again. Um, she's actually... She's actually shown looking pregnant, which Game of Thrones tends to kind of under-imply that for some reason. Come on, they had Daenerys supposedly really far along wearing a two-piece outfit. And, you know, maybe she changed her posture a little, but she never truly looked anywhere near far along pregnant on any point of the... So, but, yeah, they actually... They do make her look pregnant, and it's implied it's not going very well. She's uh, spending a lot of time in the bathtub, and... I mean, the show, you can kind of tell she's in, uh, she's not comfortable. They downplay it, for sure. Well, actually, no, they upplay it. Uh, well, they upplay it later. I'm talking about... They upplay it then, too. Okay, see, I didn't know, I didn't know how uh, much they upplay it or downplay it. Everything related to her pregnancy is upplayed in the show. Gotcha. Well, then they do something. Well... The king decides to hold a tourney, which from my understanding this was to celebrate the birth of his uh, son. son. Yeah, they're already convinced it's going to be a boy, even though they don't have things like ultrasounds and stuff back then to actually know. Um, you know, people had their ways of guessing, and sometimes they were right and some not. There was like, what was the, I think there was some ancient Egyptian test that was like, I think it was like 60% accurate or something, which is all right, but no guarantee. A lot of people, like, just don't understand how that works either, which I'll tell you how it works, is that it's determined by the man because the, the sex chromosomes come through the sperm. But anyway, oh, what? That's how it is. These are... I just always bring that up because medieval kings are always like, ah, I can't have a son, it's the woman's fault. This is R-rated HBO, you can mention chromosomes. Yeah, and I can also, there's other things that happen in this episode that are much more uh, violently sexual. But anyway, go ahead. I don't know how much we'll cover, but we'll see. The... The king has this tourney to celebrate the birth of his son, and he's at the tourney instead of actually being with his wife who is giving birth, which does not surprise me. It's wrong, but it doesn't surprise me. Couldn't have actually waited to have your kid and then have a tourney and be with her. Nope, gotta... So... They have their tournament. Rhaenyra is there. Um, and this tournament... Okay, jousting and melee are, you know, violent, dangerous sports. But... Here, they seem to actually be fighting pretty dirty, and some of them are trying to actually kill each other. Yeah, um, there's that one guy. Who's that one guy? Which one guy? The one guy who, 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 uh... There was a guy who violently took a weapon to the face, yes. Yeah, 
and another guy, and, and uh, is he the same guy that tripped up the horse, which is also, I'd say, either less than honorable or illegal. Um, I suppose now is the time to say that um, the first time you see Kristen Cole is during this tourney. Yeah. Complete with a, he's Dornish. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's going to be an important character later on. This is the first you see of him. And not that this imp- is likely to be important in any way, but I noticed it. In the tourney, my favorite house, House Tarley. Some Tarley knight took a hard fall off a horse. Yeah. Many, many years before Sam comes along. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that guy was a Tarley that that happened to? Um, one of the guys that happened to. One of there was only one that I saw that uh, the uh, no where the horse fell. No, just the guy fell oh, that okay, time. Okay, okay. Yeah, who was the guy? It was the same guy who tripped the horse that did the other thing, right? With the mace, right or no? These were all different guys. They all look like I thought it was one guy going. You know, I feel thing. bad. I'm not actually sure. I was. You weren't paying attention. I mean, I. <laughs> I know what you mean. You were, but you weren't. I just I thought that. It was one guy coming in. I don't know who any of the characters are. I'm also somebody who's like... Well, if they're in armor, isn't it harder to tell who's who? Yeah, but I, I didn't know if Sarah knew them all by now or not. Like, just by who. I do not know all of them by now. I know, uh... Yeah, I believe Damon got unhorsed. Yeah, Damon got unhorsed and he lost... He was the one that lost his temper, right? Was, uh... It probably was him. If I'm wrong, sorry. And now to make the metaphor fully, you know, to its maximum, violent scenes from the tourney are being juxtaposed with Emma giving birth, and it's it's going wrong. The baby is over the top. The wrong way around. It's very, it's very graphic. It's very drawn out. It's meant to be very visceral and artistic, but it's like, you know, it's very over the top. So. And as things start to get worse for her, um, her husband, Viserys, actually shows up and he has a conversation with the maester. Yeah. That is like, the baby is the wrong way, they can't turn the baby around. And. Their choices are either operate to get the baby out to a C-section where the baby will probably survive, but she will not. Okay, but that's, yeah, the way they phrased it. The way they phrased it. The way they phrased it wasn't like that. The way they phrased it was like, we're just going to kill her and take the baby out. I don't think... that's the way they phrased it, but then they tried to do a C-section. That's not... sounded like, I guess, they didn't think that she would make it, but... They phrased it like he said you could save one of them. And anyway, go ahead, Sarah. Well, it didn't sound that way to me, but... Well, I don't know. How did it sound to you? To me, it sounded like 
They could save the baby, but saving the baby would guaranteed kill her. Yeah, that's or sort of what I'm saying. Or they could let like, nature take its course, and most likely both would die. But the thing is, is that it doesn't make sense. Okay, this is what I was saying earlier. It does. They could have actually tried to do an honest-to-goodness cesarean section. They made it sound like they were just going to be like, do it without it regard to her health. And just sacrifice her. That's exactly what they were doing. So that's what I was saying. But but there is a way... I mean, yeah, granted, you know, we don't know how advanced they are. And I guess that that's not advanced. You know, you know they might not be advanced to really successfully do that. But it sounds like actual attempted. medieval times were better at that than Westeros, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, then the whole thing is that, you know, we don't know how successful it was before a certain point in history. But we they at least would try to save both that way. And it sounded like they were not trying to save both. They were not. No, they were not. Yeah. And so Viserys, without her decision, or without even actually telling her what was going on, makes the decision for her, tells her that they're going to get the baby out, and holds her down while she is repeatedly saying she's scared and not to do it. And they very graphically do this. Um, it's easily one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen on anything from Game of Thrones. Anything Game of Thrones related, at least, yeah. Um, now, I'll say, in the book, she did indeed die giving birth. No details are given. What I believe they did is they took the story of an earlier character from before their time, Alyssa Valerion, who she got pregnant much too late in life to safely do it in medieval times. It's risky now to be like almost 50 and. Yeah. And something goes wrong and. Um. It's like her body is actually sort of being consumed by the baby. She's like unhealthy, skinny, and oh, yeah, like, you mentioned that like the baby was absorbing her somehow. And I I don't know the word for. I certainly don't know what medically no, that's was happening, like, but not really a thing. It's just one of those supernatural thing which we will talk about with Targaryens or Sarah would like to. Anyway, it, it may or may not. It may or may not be supernatural or anything. It may just be George R.R. is neither a doctor nor has given birth, which, to be fair, is also true of me. Um, and the baby is also too early. And the maester gives her husband, Rogar Baratheon, the same choice. Her, her husband, not her. And... He just says, save my son. And in that, it's written as if historians of that world have two different versions of events, and one is that she actually um, consents to it and tells him to go ahead, which puts a whole different you know, thing to it. And the other is that she just stays unconscious throughout, which is a whole nother can of worms, but either is much better than what happened to Emma Aaron there. In the... Yeah. So, Sarah thinks they're combining storylines. 
that makes sense. I, of course, didn't know this. This all was new to me, and uh, she had to explain that to me, that there were more than one uh, instance. Which, not that I'm going to drop actual spoilers about this. This makes me wonder if they're going to try to, like, shoehorn in other medical horror things that happen in the same book but not in the same timeline to be happening, you know, right now in the... But it's all Targaryen specific, you said? It's... The whole book is about House Targaryen, other house... But the medical, like the birth stuff, deformities is House Targaryen specific, right? The deformities are House Targaryen specific, but there weren't any deformities when, um... Alyssa Valerian had her kid. The kid was weak at first, but grew up fine. Okay. Um, so this is not, for instance, the same as what happened with Daenerys. Yeah. And, well, I have mixed feelings about them choosing to do this. Uh, I have a mega, you know, phobia about medical stuff. I'm like the stereotypical guy in this way that I can watch most levels of battle, but a birth scene is difficult. Um, to be fair, I'd hardly call that a birth scene. It's like a even a regular TV no, drama oh, yeah, birth scene is not... I have a hard time watching the birth scene in The Waltons. Gotcha. And... I imagine that... uh, I've never given birth. I imagine this could be really hard for, you know, some of the many women viewers who have or are about to. Um, Not to say that I think everything on TV should be, you know, tailored to not be scary to anybody ever, but... um, Yeah, that's a thing they chose to put in there. But since they did put it in there. I kind of, I hope this uh, opens conversations about medical consent. Even in modern day, consent can be compromised for, especially in cases of women and girls giving birth. You know, they they're supposed to have full consent, but sometimes in you know, the drama of what's going on at the hospital. Sometimes they don't get full consent. Sometimes it's not fully informed consent. Sometimes the consent is given to her male partner instead. Yeah, and this was like no consent at all. This was just And sometimes consent, they're looking for consent after you've been drugged, which is not legal. Now, I'm not a doctor and I've never given birth, so I'm not giving you any medical advice through this podcast. I'm just saying it is a real-life problem, and it may not be generally most of the time as severe as the kind of situations that would be happening in a medieval birth. I mean, usually this is not going to result in the woman dying. Yeah. Um, uh, I watched... Well, again, this was the medieval society, as you said, but not that they shouldn't have necessarily been able to do that, but they just weren't, and they didn't even try. So that was, I think, to add to the whole 
and you know i've i've had some pretty negative experiences with medical professionals none of them involved birth none of them had consequences as severe as that but um it is a matter important to me now um the producers in the after the episode um inside the episode thing that's after it finishes they said that they wanted to show how dangerous childbirth was for women back then they claimed it was a 50-50 odds which that's mm-hmm. preposterous it was not 50-50 but it was significantly more dangerous than now yeah 50-50 odds is very bad you'd have a very low birth rate you'd have a lot more death rates and things like that there'd be massive population she served did research on it too and um, the figures I was able to find is that for medieval and renaissance women giving birth, the risk was of uh, maternal ma- mortality was 1 to 1.5 out of 100. Um, but the actual, you know... That's per birth. That's per birth. So but they had four children. Oh, that's taken that risk several times, and... Um, one out of 20 women in medieval times is estimated to have died in childbirth. So this was quite high, but it was not 50-50. And, um, now the risk is much, much lower. Although, um, as far as the statistics go for developed countries, the U.S., has the worst uh, statistic for maternal mortality even now. You mean for developed countries? Yes, for developed countries. So, anyway, she dies from this operation, and even though she would almost certainly have died either way, and the child doesn't live long after that. You don't see the child die, but you later see both of them on the funeral pyre, which is lit up by the dragon. Targaryens traditionally cremate their dead. Yep, and that's what... Uh, their whole house with. being about fire and all that. Mother and the baby. So, on to this! That means that there is no heir after all. You thought there was, but the baby died along with the mother. There's no heir, there's no... Longer. Um, Sorry, go ahead. What about that little girl? Oh, well, that's... We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. It goes into Targaryen culture. (laughs) So to speak. So, the king's brother, who we've already said he's a piece of work, He's out party hardying at his favorite brothel because he's heir for a day. Okay, we we should walk we should back go, on We this. should go back on this and talk because, about more about what this guy does. Yeah, okay. So he and this is what I wanted to talk about earlier, is he he goes around he gets made uh the captain of the city guard. Is that how that is? Captain of the City Guard? The, the City Watch. The City Watch. That becomes the... Does that become... The Gold the Cloaks. cloaks? Yeah. He's the one who started them being the Gold Cloaks. He fitted them out with proper uh, weapons and trained, armor. these quote-unquote trained warriors that are trained and efficient and all that stuff. He's going policing. All this means is he's going around and, like, 
cutting people down, like random people down that I guess are deemed criminals, but he's cutting them down and mutilating them and doing uh, very specific things to them that I'm, I guess so, I shouldn't mention. Yeah, and, I'm gonna... Sorry. No, Go on. And he is, you know, supposed to be this hard-nosed moral crusader and, you know, head of what is their equivalent of law enforcement, cutting down criminals. However... He seems to be... I'd wager he knew a lot of these criminals himself based on how he... How quickly he found them. So, yeah, it's like, oh, you stole something, you lose your hand. Not even that. uh, No trial, just... Not even that. Just the fact that I wager he dealt with them because he then... He's, like, going around, you know, executing criminals and he goes right to a brothel. Like, not then. Not in the same one after the other. But after the king's... uh, son dies he celebrates at a brothel which clearly he's you know clearly any sort of uh morality is uh you know whatever like you know he's he's kind of uh he's kind of okay with things when it applies to him and he'll deem other people criminals i mean i don't know how legal prostitution is in this time it's uh, it's legal at that point it's yeah. You know, it's viewed as unsavory, but it's... Yeah, and he buys one of the houses, too. So he's clearly using the, uh... The yeah, think of, the, think of the implications of the police buying their own brothel. Yeah. It may not be... It's legal, like, come on. It'd be like the police... At the very least, be like the police buying their own strip joint here or something like that. Like, and totally corrupt, totally scuzzy... Yeah. Uh, and um, he has a favorite mistress who's a, a dancing girl from um, one of these establishments. She's um, Missaria, also known as the White Worm, later. Um, you see him with her, and he's showing off his uh, dragon to her. And oh, yeah, he's married too, isn't he? He is married to a woman hundreds of miles away in the Vale, and he calls her the bronze bitch. Yeah, he And avoids being around her. He clearly doesn't love her, and clearly is not attracted to her. Um, her name is Rhea Royce. Yeah. So I guess we'll see her at some point in the future episodes, Maybe. Maybe? I don't know. Well, I guess no spoilers. I have no idea what happens. So, anyway, yeah, the, the book version of, uh, events, no, he, he gets command of the city watch. He sees that they're all like poorly outfitted and not not that effective. And he outfits them out, gets them their characteristic gold cloaks. He calls them the gold cloaks, and he goes around um, full, you know, tough on crime, which yeah it means pretty much brutalizing peasants with no trial. If you stole something, you lose your hand. Um, if you're a rapist, you get gilded. Uh, not that I would ever suggest being soft on that particular crime. Um, the way they show it, it looked like they were going to do something else to the... Um, it made it look like they were going to rape the yeah, rapist. Yeah. Uh, what they actually did, well, they 
they chopped off certain parts, but not from the angle where you could see it, it happening until they were done. Convincing. They t- they threw it out there. Um, yeah, it looked like they were gonna do something with the sword. It was not that, but instead they did that. And then there's other parts where he's hacking off other people's limbs, and they're just basically it 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 shows at the end of them carting away zero trial. Uh, yeah, no trial, but they're carting away dismembered corpses in, like, two different carts. And, uh, and of course, the, uh, city, the city, what is this, the city council? Or the council? What is this? The small council? Yeah, the small council. They, uh... Hey, don't growl. Calm down. They... Nim, calm down. Um... They... I just nudged the dog when she was anyway, lying anyway, down and she they, reacted. They, 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 um, they vote to discipline him, I guess? Is that, they just vote to rate, what was that vote going to um, do? Because it sounds like that's a That's a little up. ahead. No, okay, but that's their reaction to what happened. So, uh, he gets a tongue lashing, I guess, from the king. I don't recall anything actually being done. Uh, there's about more him. to it. What is more to it? Go ahead. Explain it to me who's. Now, first off, I'm gonna s- say. Now, there was. Before. This is a very slight tangent. Before the episode. Before anything aired, you know, there were various. You know articles saying that the show would not contain um, sexual assault scenes even if there were certain situations which you know portrayed an abusive thing going on they wouldn't be like an on-screen violent now so far in the technical sense there hasn't been but I feel that what happened with the queen felt like almost adjacent maybe not it may not have been a sexual assault, but it definitely was a, a female-specific violence kind of scene, and um, with the punishment of the um, rapist by the city watch, it did look like they were trying to imply with the idea that it was going to go a different direction, as you know we said before. So anyway, like... I hope that they don't actually, you know, ever show any on-screen sexual violence in this, but I do feel like they kind of got close there. No, I'd say they kind of did. I mean, the start of something. Um, So, yes, Damon... Brutalizing criminals or quote-unquote criminals and then he'd go and party at the brothel and in the book he was also going to a wine sink so think cheap bar and you know, drinking a lot there and going to gambling dens and generally leaving richer than before so all sorts of stuff that's totally sketchy for him to be doing if he's also basically their head of police. And when he partied at his favorite brothel after the death of the queen and um, her son and was brought before the 
Well, he said something. Supposedly. He said King. He said heir for a day, yep. and yeah, that. rubbing salt in the wound about the uh, deaths of the queen and the prince and uh, showing where his mind is at and that's when yeah, the king gives him a tongue lashing about that he actually threatens to remove his tongue if he doesn't uh, acknowledge yeah, he, him as king well, right well, then yeah, there he, he summons him before the king he heard this and he summons him to the throne room and he outright treats him very coldly and treats him basically like a uh, a very uh, rebellious noble at best and really almost like a foreign enemy at worst and uh, and he, he says that he's going to go back to he's going to go back to the veil go back to his wife and he's going to do it quietly, uh, or else, basically. He implies or else. And he tries to sort of, uh, you know, be all apologetic and buddy-buddy, and it doesn't work. The king's very cold to him. He actually had the, uh, his uh, guards, you know, stand between him and his, uh, and his brother. So. Now this... Is very similar to the scene from the books, although that did not have the threat to remove his tongue. Um, King Viserys does make that threat in to someone. He makes that same threat under different circumstances and um, arguably worse circumstances that I'm not going to go into now because it's a spoiler, but in a way that reflects worse on him than it does for him doing so now um, with, you know, the fresh grief of the wife and son so near. Um, yeah, so that's that's what happens with Damon. He gets exiled to go back to the Vale, and um, that's where it's left off there. Only one thing I should mention, there is a really weird scene with him and Rhaenyra where he's giving her a necklace that's... I mean, between Daemon and Rhaenyra. He's giving her a necklace that's Valyrian steel and saying oh, she should have Valyrian steel and he's got his Valyrian steel sword. And it's not that the scene itself... implies anything on its own but because he does have um quite a creepy relationship with her in the book um I'm not gonna go way ahead with that for spoiler reasons but I think that this might be the beginning of it yeah that's what it sounds like so after this um Viserys um, officially makes Rhaenyra his heir and he gets lords to you know, come and swear fealty the 
the difference in the book being she was already considered his heir before this. But So it was already announced then, basically, right? Um, yeah, basically. Um, okay. I've, this is like them, like, <laughs> debate on whether or not to even go that route in the show. I'm not a hundred a hundred percent certain on my timing but, on that specific thing and okay. I don't want to mess it. Okay, but the thing is they decided she was going to be the heir. They did decide she Whereas, was going to be the heir and about this they're not decided yet by the look of it. Like they're and they're thinking about how much of a scandal it'll be that a girl will be heir. Heaven right. forbid. Well now he officially decides she will be his heir and he gets you know, lords to come and make allegiance. The most interesting of which um, Corley's Valerian, the sea snake, and um, his wife Rainey's the quote-unquote queen who never was. Um, I didn't see much of them. I mean, they were around, but as far as like, speaking lines, and I would love to see more of them. I'm sure we will. I would have liked to see Corley's back doing his famous voyages, which seem to be past. I'm sure he'll be, you know, at sea some during the upcoming war. But he made voyages all across to, like, as far as their equivalent of Asia, you know, Yaitai and Leng, and he went to the Jade Sea, he went up into the Shivering Sea. He was, I guess I would compare him to someone like Magellan or um, Captain Drake from history. You talking about Francis Drake? Yeah. Okay. He's a, those are two fairly different characters. I, I, un- I understand that, but I mean, but, it's the scope of the voyages. Yeah, okay, so... He's an explorer slash conqueror. N- not a conqueror. He was just, you know, an explorer who sailed further than any confirmed voyages were, and he got a lot of the wealth from his house from picking up spices and silks from foreign lands. And gotcha. and the reason he was called the Sea Snake was after his favorite ship. Okay. Um, No, I wouldn't give him a precise um, real-life historical equivalent. I'm just trying to give you a a bit of the extent of his exploring. Yep. He did not go so far as to sail entirely around the world. Um, there was a different character who possibly did, but it is not confirmed. So yeah, I'd like to see more of them. You also... Um, you see the current Lord Stark. I couldn't really hear what he was saying because his voice was way under um, the king speaking. Like, I would have had to turn the volume pretty higher to catch what... You see... Lord Stark that they had at the time and uh, this part is weird 
Viserys is telling Rhaenyra that there was actually a prophecy that Aegon the Conqueror knew about about a great winter coming from the north and that what came out of that winter would destroy the living and it was up to them, the Targaryens, to... Now that... Is interesting foreshadowing, well, foreshadowing for something that already happened, as far as we know, but like as far as we're concerned. Now, as for it actually being canon, I'm not so sure. So they don't mention anything like that in the books, like that? Alright, there are Targaryens that have had prophecies, and there has been at least one that, you know, thought it was his duty to um, bring about. The prince who was promised and forestall something that was coming. I'm not sure I buy it about Aegon knowing about that and that being the reason he conquered Westeros. You know, they they definitely made it out as oh he didn't actually conquer Westeros because, you know, it was there and he had dragons and he could. It was to help against this upcoming thing. And if it weren't for that George R. R. was involved in this show you know more I'm not sure I'd buy it and even now I'm not sure about well, that he, he is supposedly more involved in this it mentions him as a producer I think or an executive producer or something hey don't growl at the kitty Do you have any other uh, particular thoughts on it? I have a few, just... You can go on. I'll save my thoughts towards the end. Um, I thought, like, everyone's outfits look great. Um, like, costume design, and... And they did a great job with that. Um... I liked Allison's outfit. I liked um, Corley's the sea snake's outfit. Looked cool. Um, oh my goodness! I almost did a big oversight about Allison. Yeah, go ahead. Her father, Otto Hightower, is clearly trying to set her up with um, Viserys as his next wife. Oh, there you go. Which you know, I'm in the book. I, I know it's you know coming. Yeah. But. Um, he has her put put on her mother's dress and go to uh, see the king in his grief. Uh, I don't know whether it, it meant see the king in his grief or whether more things are implied to have happened, but it's definitely setting up. It sounds like more things are on the way. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, I didn't even get that impression about that initially. I didn't know that that was going to be the case, and I just know that the uh uh she and uh um the the two her and Rhaenyra Rhaenyra are like really close no they're they're like they seem to be into each other like, really close and possibly like, more than close no I'd say they were into each other romantically there's obvious romantic uh, undertones to their to their interaction 
and they know each other, and they seem to be like they seem like childhood friends in the show. Yeah, and they do, and, and it's not in not the book the case at all. In the book. So, and I think that's to up the drama of what's going to come later. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I thought the outfits were pretty cool, and I think that a lot of things are cool. I think that some of it was like not necessarily. The iron throne didn't look good. Yeah, it looked all. It looked better than like it looked like a more uh, intense version of what it did. But it's, no, what, but what it is is like a lot of the other stuff, the medieval courts and all that stuff. It just looks like regular stuff. Like, it doesn't look like anything spectacular. Like, it doesn't look like... Like, you know, it looks like it does in Game of Thrones. It doesn't look like it was any sort of added splendor to it. The outfits were cool. The dragons were really cool. The I want to see more dragons. Tourney, more, more, more the dragons. Dra- the, 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 um, the jousting tourney was cool, even though it was really violent. Um, overall, I think it's... As good as a decent episode of Game of Thrones, and I would, I'm definitely going to see more because I'm curious to see where this goes, especially because it's apparently deviated. The Iron Throne, it was like, okay, we all know what the Iron Throne looks like in the show. In the book, um, some like illustrations and how it's described, <coughs> it sounds like it's a lot more swords piled up. And it seems like they weren't ready to go and make an all-new throne for this show. But they tried to make it look like more swords by having a few, like, random melted swords, like a forest of them on the ground in the throne room. Yeah. Which was weird. Yeah. Um, a character that, as far as I can tell, is notably not in it, who was in the book, is the court uh, jester Mushroom. Who, alright, I see, I've seen nothing about a casting for Mushroom. I don't think they're going to have him in there. He was um, a court fool, and he was a dwarf, and by that I mean a little person. Like Tyrion. Yeah. And, um, like other court fools... The royalty said things in front of him and let him see things that they wouldn't necessarily let someone who wasn't the court fool in on. And he's known for writing his own memoirs later, and they tended to be a much more salacious, scandalous version of events than what the maesters and septons wrote down. Maybe he was exaggerating, and maybe he was telling the truth. Yeah. That would be an interesting... Uh, He's an interesting character, although I can see why they prob- probably didn't include him. Uh, having a having a little person play a comical gesture character in literal pointy shoes would be potentially difficult to pull off in a not ableist seeming way even though it does reflect on what Westeros was like for yeah so I guess that's uh it's episode one 
What was the name of the episode again? It was the Errors of the Dragon, and I think it's Marvel going to. Was there for days. <laughs> I think it's going to be very popular with the very involved, very hardcore Game of Thrones fans, book fans. I'm not sure the appeal will be as wide to uh, more casual fans or people who are just getting into it. it. It throws you right into Targaryen intrigue. It doesn't have so much of standard protagonist characters like Ned Stark or Jon Snow that have, you know, a more wider likable appeal. Yeah. Yes, we'll see. And that birth scene is probably going to be a make or break with this episode, whether people like keep watching it. Yeah, well, people seem to really like it so far. From what I've seen. Some people really like it. Some people really I hate it. Seen uh, anybody hate it yet? Have you? Well, I've seen some tweets about. Um, like I don't hate it. I think it's a little. I think some of the. People like it or exaggerating its good features, but I haven't seen anybody say anything. You said you've seen tweets. So I've seen I've seen some stuff, not a whole lot. Um, uh, I'm not going into the tweets um, in detail because I don't want anybody to like, track down the tweet and be like, "Hey, that's my tweet." Um, yeah. So yeah, that's it. It's a few things are changed, but it is fairly book accurate. Um, I would still like to see more of the North. I really loved that in Game of Thrones, but this is House of the Dragon. I've read the book. I know what is, you know, more likely to be there. For most of it, it's going to be in King's Landing and Dragonstone for the most part. Yep. So, I guess we're going to see more of that and hopefully we'll get to see Dragon Civil War. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Castings the Fire podcast and good night. Good night.